Hi, I am Molly. And I am Robin. And this is... Home is where the murder is. Howdy, folks. Thank you for being here today. I'm taking off my shoes. Great. Because I like to sit crisscross applesauce. Sure do. I do not because it hurts my old woman knees. I don't have cartilage, apparently, or I don't know. Well, no, I would have cartilage because then, I don't know. My knees just hurt from gymnastics. I did not do that. Let me tell you, don't do sports when you're young. You'll regret it when you're older. I did sports, but I didn't do the yeah. gymnastics. So it, it hurts my whole my body. My chair is turning on me a lot. It's the ghost. Yep, or the ghost of the Schubert ghost. Yep, yep. Schubert ghost in our building. Look at there. I go. Bye. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> have to hold on to the table. It doesn't normally do that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I normally have like my leg in like that. There. Oh, we're yeah, knocking, like we're that. knocking our equipment all over the place. Every little, they can hear it, you know. <gasps> it's not me. It's the ghost. I'm getting situated. Well, we had our live show. We did it. We did it, everyone. Thank you for those of you that were there. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Thank you for all the people that donated prizes for the raffles. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Kelly's Bleachers. Yep. Thank you to who else? Well, Andrea and her Andrea yes. and Andrea Weissman helped yep. set up everything. And, yep, because I couldn't get there very timely because I had to work until a certain time, and I'm traffic. Yep. Did you know traffic coming from Madison through Milwaukee is not the most fun at like rush hour time? Yeah. Nope. I knew Robin that. knew that. But yeah, so just you know, I couldn't really get there super yeah. quickly to help out with everything so thank you so much for helping set up yeah they did a great job they did the tickets and stuff throughout yeah yep. but yeah we had a good turnout we had a bunch of people that had never even heard of us that yeah, were there so, and that was kind of hey, cool maybe you're listening now so if you're listening now you've already heard these stories because we're yeah, actually going to be gonna doing say. the stories from the live show but um maybe you've gone back and listened to some other yeah, stuff yeah we hope so yeah yeah but yeah, so if you were at the live show, you don't need to listen to these because you've already heard these stories. But maybe you will want to revisit them. I don't know why. And for fun. And for funsies. That's why. <coughs> Robin still might cough oh, a little bit. And it's worse now because my my broken rib like feels like it got worse. And yeah. I'm so tired because I can't sleep at night because it hurts so bad. And I'm just, you guys. So if Robin doesn't sound like she has the most energy, it's because she doesn't, because she's had, really tired. I've had so much coffee, though. Yeah. And we went to Isaac's, my favorite antique store in town here. Got my spring messed up a little bit. Yep. And then then it was gone. And then it's gone. So I don't know. So I'm sorry. I'm just, my rib, well, luckily my rib you'll be, really hurts. Luckily, you'll be listening to me. So, yeah. yeah. But I'll be here. Yeah, she's here. She's not going anywhere. No. No, she can't. So legally, she well legally she could, but I yeah. won't let her. I'll tackle her to the ground, and she'll be crying because that'll hurt. That will hurt. Yeah. So don't don't you dare. Oh my god. Don't don't you think you about just, it. Now everyone knows how you how abusive you are. Yep. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. I'm I'm the tough one in this relationship. Yeah, right? <laughs> Actually, that's really funny to think about. It's like. You're not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm like okay. You go do what you yeah. need to do. Yeah, oh, I love yep. it. But we love you. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we have um, the cruise also. Yeah. So that is filling up pretty quick. So yeah. and I know it's a, I know it's not till twenty twenty six, guys. But if you have any interest in going, you got to get your room. Yeah. Because it's a hundred dollar deposit to hang on to it, and if you decide you don't want to go, then you can get it back. But 
We're going to run out of room soon. And we're trying to group everyone together right now. And the longer you wait to book, the less chance you have of being by all the cool kids, by us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. By everyone else that's with our group. So definitely if you're interested, get get signed up. Yeah. And Sherry, thank you for doing such a great job with all that. You've been amazing. I've heard... Nothing but great things from everyone that's booked with you. Yeah, so. seriously. And we had a fun call with her the other day. I love her. Yeah. I'm telling you, she. it's funny when you... I'm going to have to watch Robin and her on the cruise. Oh, my God. We're going to have the I'm going to have time. to get leashes. Yeah. We're, <laughs> they're going to be le- leash children. Like that moment when you're talking <laughs> to someone and you're like, shit, we're meant to be friends. Like, seriously. I love it when you meet someone that is like in a completely different state yep. across the nation and you're like, you, you start talking and right away you're like... Yeah, we, we need to yep. be friends. So I I'm going to have to keep them. eyes on them. Yeah. Yeah. So I met someone when we were in St. Louis. Logan and I were in St. Louis. He started playing with some kids or whatever. And then I met their moms. I remember and, you telling yep, me about and her, this. Her name yep. was Robin as well. So we like hit it off. And we've been friends ever since. And our yeah. kids talk every day. Yeah. And ever I'll, I'll we'll be doing stuff, and then all of a sudden I hear Robin say in the background, "Tell your mom I say hi." I'm like, "Hi, Robin," you know, and yeah. like it's funny because we're like planning a trip to go and see them. I'm like, I just think it's so funny how you can run into somebody and just click. Yeah, and hey, that's the magic of yeah. life. Yeah, so I love it. I just I think it's so cool. Yeah, and it makes that's why I also believe that my soulmate does not live in this state because I've dated everyone here. You've vowed, you've met everyone in Wisconsin yeah. at this point. At this point, and I'm I believe maybe it's pretty close. You might have by now. I think I'm, I think so. Yeah, I've, if if I haven't dated them, I've at least swiped left on them or to rule like, them out, met them or seen them out, yeah. or like just like you've yeah. bet you've been exposed to them in some way for long enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the only I won't date anyone from Illinois. That's where I draw the line. Okay. Sorry, Illinois, but you, it's not personal, but it's personal. I was going to say, I think it is. It's very personal. I just, there's not a whole lot of, but any good, like a good person from Illinois hates Illinois too. Well, and saying. it's like you, it's the guys that you're saying that you don't want to, I mean, it's like you're saying, I don't want to date the guys from Illinois. We like our Illinois listeners. Like we love you. Yeah. Robin. What? No, Your kidding. face. I know. I'm kidding. No. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I hate the yeah, Bears. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I hate the Bears. I hate the Cubs. I hate your That's city sports traffic. Stuff. Yes, yeah. I hate your government. I hate your taxes. I hate the way you sell real estate. This is like the 10 things I hate about you, the, the, the poem that she the reads. Illinois, yeah, the Illinois, but it's about version. Illinois. But you know what, though? I talk to anybody else from Illinois, and they always say the same thing. It's a so. Wisconsin thing. I don't no, know. they all hate it, uh, No, too. no, no. I'm saying, like, I, I know, but I'm saying it's like you're, like, Feeling yeah. it's like, but I very... can say that if it makes them feel any better, I can say the same things about Wisconsin. I hate our governor, who's I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you hate aspects of you hate like the I don't like him, right? Okay, okay, but anybody that knows me knows I do not like that guy, right? I just think he does a very poor job of running our state, and I'm yep, especially for the the criminal, like. Oh, my God. Did you see that his administration was the guy? Okay, so this is actually true crime related. So a while back, um, right, I think it was right before Valentine's Day or it was on Valentine's Day, there was a shooting in Elkhorn. Um, uh, A bar owner and his wife or his girlfriend were there and someone came in to rob them. And he ended up killing both of them. Like, I think it was execution style. Okay. So. I might have missed this. Okay. Yeah, it was in Elkhorn here. Okay. So someplace where we sell real estate. Okay. So it's close to home. And um, they ended up catching the guy and he was 
released on parole and was actually going around and talking to facilities about how he was in jail and he realized he needed to turn his life around and he was taking college courses and he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to make my family proud. I'm going to turn my life around. And then he killed these people. And now everyone's up in arms because they're like, this guy has a violent history, should never have been paroled. Like if you look back at his history and you're, you're like, mm, no. Right. So, you know, and it's all public record. So I took the time to like get on CCAP and everything and um, other people did too. And there was like this post about it and they were just going off about how this guy should not have been released on parole. 100%. But this is what I'm talking about with our, with this, with our government. They don't, they, they feel sympathy because someone's locked away for a long time and they've changed. You know, they're in here, they're doing good things, whatever. That's because they're in a controlled environment. That's true. I don't, I don't, what I, and I don't like is like, sending them back out. I think there has to be a stepping stone between prison and being fully released. Yeah. There has to be because look what happened here. He was great when he was it's taking It's a drastic change from being yeah. locked up versus the real and, world. And this is some, one of the, my biggest pet peeves with my job every day. I see people, I've never been really vocal about what I do, but I'm going to tell you because at this point it's getting out there. People that are following me and stuff, they know. I do work for the Department of Corrections, okay? I work to help transfer people to treatment facilities to get them the help they need and i tell you what it's really sad to see people getting the help they need and then just being like okay you're on parole you're on probation goodbye and they're back out on the streets again yeah it's like you can't win that way right i just feel like their government needs to step up and find another option right and i'm very vocal about it and that's one of the reasons when i'm running for miss wisconsin i want to help i want to figure out a way to do it I'm not relying on the government to do it 110%. Right. I think our community needs to step up as well, but that's what we're doing. There is a disconnect and people deserve help, but they have to want it. That's my big thing. You have to want it. Right. And when it comes to our justice system, you cannot tell me that someone, how they act behind bars is how they're going to act outside the bars because you're throwing them right back into the same environment they were at before and just being like, good luck to you. Like, I mean, I'm not giving this guy any, I'm not giving him an excuse for what he did what he did was awful he took two lives for absolutely no reason yeah i'm that is on the government right there but they should never have released that man but again how do you know yeah they didn't know that so no. it's like i get it from both and sides I, and it, both sides too like there's some people that go out and they are fine yeah but yeah and they turn their lives around and, yeah are not yeah and it, and it, it's like i do think that there needs to be more help and there needs to be more mm-hmm. assistance yeah. for people yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's like my platform yep. for miss wisconsin is to help people get the help the help they need yep and and i mean and a lot of the cases that we covered it, it if people do something they, they are more likely to repeat offend i mean that's oh, just yeah. that's just that's, but that's one of the reasons yep. that as like working for the government okay let's try again Let's try again. Let's. Yep. I, that's the one thing I will say about our government and like in my job and the people I work with is we are very understanding like your addictions, yep. your problems, they're not going to go away overnight. No. It's going to take a while. Right. And I didn't see it that way when I was, you know, before I worked for the Department of Corrections, I had my mentality of, I don't know why people do drugs. I don't get it. And it's not, and I was wrong. 100% was wrong. It's not like that. You could be a successful business owner and get in a car accident, get put on oxycodone, and then get addicted to it. Yeah. 
and just go down a fucking rabbit hole. Yeah. 100% can happen. Yeah. And there are cases out there, I read about them all the time, how people have lost their families and everything, and it's so sad because the addiction is stronger than they are at that time. Yeah. So it's, I, I kind of, I'm sorry, I kind of got off topic here or whatever, but it's one of those things where there's just a lot of work that needs to be done in our state as well, but Illinois is worse. The end. The end. And everywhere. Everywhere no. needs help. I mean. Yeah, you know, I know. It's just, I just how it is. Yeah. The bears suck. There you go. All right. I'd like to hear your murder. Would you? <laughs> Never heard it before. You haven't? Nope. Brand new. New information. New information. So she's lying. <laughs> oh, she heard this one hurts. at the live show. Um, But yeah. So I'm going to tell everyone else what my case is. So this is the murder of Hope Parks. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what alkaline water was. Okay. Still don't. Go. Okay, great. So the murder of Hope Parks. On Thursday, August 20th, 2020, a call came into the Indiana police from someone that was walking on the Sugar Creek Bridge in Indiana. Now, while this woman was on her walk, she came across what she thought was a decapitated body hanging off the edge of the bridge. Not your usual thing you see on a walk, mind you. Very unusual, right? I've never come upon that when I'm out taking Dakota for a walk or just out, you I know. know. Like when we go yeah. on walks and sometimes I wonder if I'm ever going to come across a body. Yeah. But if it's something that, you wonder, but like never that. in that way. Not in that way. Right. I mean, right. Can you imagine you're just out getting your, that heart rate up? That's what you come upon. So she calls 911. Here's a little bit of the dialogue from that call. 911, where is your emergency? I'm on North 224 West Road. There's a body hanging off the bridge. No head. There's a car coming. The driver of the car then asks if the woman who is out walking and calling 911 if she's okay. She then tells the driver that there's a dead body. Then the driver of the car tells her that's a deer. Now, I've seen a lot of dead deer in my day being in Wisconsin, the Midwest. Like, that's something that we see a lot of. I'm usually, I usually kill them with my car. Right. I mean, I've hit a deer before, too. I feel like I would know the difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, around here in Wisconsin and I'm sure other Midwest states, people hang. And also, this is, this is daytime, too. Oh, yeah. People hang them from their trees. Right. And so this this is daytime too. It's yeah. not like nighttime where you're like, I don't I don't know what is that usually, on the side of the road. And it, and they're usually if they're hanging somewhere, right? It's not off of a bridge. This is hanging off and a bridge. They're usually beaten, drained of their blood, so they're just gutted. Their heads are usually still on. Right. So this is it's like yeah. So the walker asked no. the woman and the that was driving the car, "Are you sure?" The driver responds, "Yeah, but I'll back up and I'll check." The walker tells her, I'm on the phone with the cops now. The 911 responder says she thinks it's a deer. Then the walker responds, um, no, it's a body. It's a body. The driver then says, from what it looks like, it's an arm. The walker says, yeah, that's what I can see with no head. I'm freaking out. The driver then says, you're fine. I'm going to pull over and I'm going to stay with you. The walker says, okay, I've never seen something like this before. Well, yeah. I mean... Very nice of that driver to pull over and stay and help calm this woman down who was just walking. Also, 
I don't think any of us have ever seen something like that before. No. So like to like make that statement. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this before. No. Yeah. Most people, like yeah. like 99.999% of the population. Probably has not seen a dead body without a head hanging from, from a, bridge. a bridge. When you're just out for a walk before. Or in, in the daytime. In the daytime. Yeah. That's different. Yep. So. So, yeah. When police arrive, they do confirm that it is a headless woman hanging from the side of the bridge. Not a deer. From what they can tell, the body was placed there between 1 and 4 a.m. Police remove the body from the bridge and take her in to try to identify her through fingerprints. While they are doing this, on the other side of town, a call comes into the police station from a man named Michael Parks. He was calling to put in a missing persons report for his wife, 44-year-old Hope Parks. He called and said that he and his wife had gotten into an argument on Tuesday and he hadn't seen her since, and he was getting worried about her. He then told them that she was picked up by someone after she threw her wedding ring and keys at him, and then she got into that person's car and left. From what he remembered, it was a silver or white Honda Civic. Michael then gives a description of what Hope looked like, and one key descriptor was that she had a tattoo of a heart with his name in the middle. That's a big deal, because what do you think they found on the body on the bridge? That, that too. Exactly. Yeah. A tattoo of a heart with the name Michael in the middle. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't get behind the whole tattoo your spouse's name to yourself thing. Right. I, I would tattoo John Bon Jovi's name to myself, but that's where I probably... So that's basically the same thing for Absolutely you, not the same thing, because him and I are going to be together forever. All right. All right. Next, Michael was asked to come down to the Crawfordsville Police Station in Indiana for questioning. Now, Crawfordsville is a town of about 16,000 people and located about west-central Indiana, 50 miles northwest of Indianapolis. When he got to the police station, he was informed that the body they found that morning did, in fact, have a tattoo of a heart and the name Michael in the middle. But since they hadn't run the fingerprint testing, they couldn't give it 100% identification yet. But I mean, they, it's her. They yeah. knew. They yeah. knew. And I, I'm sure Michael knew. I mean, oh, yeah. What, what are the odds? Right. What are the odds? A missing, his wife is missing. They find a body with that same tattoo, that, that, same he, describes, tattoo yeah. that he describes. I mean, that would be one hell of a coincidence. Right. So prior to questioning, um, Michael was informed of the possibility that this could be his wife that they found. Okay. Okay. So since Michael wasn't being charged for anything and they just wanted to talk to him, he was brought into what they call a soft interrogation room. This is different from what you usually see the police interrogating suspects in in the videos where they where there's just like a couple of chairs and a table and it's just like very stale and like stale I you know love what i mean that word yeah well it's like you you know exactly what i mean though it's like very yeah like yeah so it makes it more intimidating and uncomfortable like yeah. it just makes it feel very cold and like chilling almost adjectives you're throwing out here i know i, love it. I want i want to set you want, the you scene. want them to feel it don't i you? want you to feel it so the soft interrogation room Feels more welcoming. It's like a small sitting room. It has a couch, usually some plants, decorations. It's decorated. It just feels like you're in someone's like living room. Dentist's oh. office. Kind of, yeah, exactly. So 
it makes that's where they usually bring like children or victims of crimes usually to talk to them okay to make them feel comfortable sure so a little bit more about hope hope ann hamilton was born november 20th 1975 to her parents terry and carol in, in 1993, she graduated from Coal City High School. She met and married Michael Parks around seven years later. Hope was working at Random House Publisher in Crawfordsville, still when she went missing, from what I could tell. Michael and Hope had two children together, a son and a daughter. Their daughter also <coughs> then had two kids of her own, a son and a daughter. So Hope and Michael were grandparents. Hope was an amazing grandmother that loved that role, and she really enjoyed having them over to play. Hope also had a dog that she treated like it was one of her own children and spoiled it rotten. People who knew Hope said that she was so kind and sweet-natured on the outside. There isn't a lot of public photos or information about Hope, but she seemed to live a quiet and simple life. Of course, though, there's always some family drama. And what family doesn't have a little drama, right? So the drama was a little bit more on Michael's side, however. Growing up, something that was embedded into Michael from his father was that you do not get a divorce for any reason. Now, this wasn't a religious thing. Like, it wasn't like a, you know, Catholic, you know, like a lot yeah. of that time, that, that, that's like a religious thing. Like, you don't divorce. Yeah. Like, you make it work. It doesn't matter. Right. Um. So just a in, weird rule they had. Huh? It's just like a weird rule. Like you're married. Like that's what it is. Hmm. Okay. Michael had actually been convicted of domestic battery when Hope and him lived in Illinois and a few other times as well. But those other charges had been dropped. Growing up, Michael was also the subject of abuse from his father. His cousin Roy recalls that his father was just kind of a mean man, very strict, kind of dominated the yeah family, household, and that his mother was pretty scared and timid and never really stepped in to try to stop any of that abuse. So it wasn't a good family situation that he grew up in, and that continued kind of throughout his life, and his father was just kind of continued to be that same man. Yeah. So we can, you know, we feel bad for how Michael grew up, and I think, you know, he carried that on, grew up with that, and he carried that on through his life, and Took that out a little bit on hope, you know, from the domestic battery abuse that charges. Oh, Robin's going to sneeze. I can see it in her face. God bless you. God, that hurts so bad. That was her rib. Oh, sneezing is way worse than coughing. Oh, my. I'm sorry that I had to share all that with you. Oh, her face is in so much pain. Um, you were saying? Yeah, I'll continue. So Michael and Hope's son was still living at home with them because he actually had a drug problem and couldn't hold a job because of this. Hope was very sympathetic to this issue. She tried to help him and nurture him because it's her son. She's the mother, right? Michael, not so much. Um, I think that this was probably because of his upbringing from his father. Hope wanted to try to help him and support him, but Michael didn't want him in the house anymore. So this difference in how they should be handling their son caused some major fights between Hope and Michael. One day, Michael came home and found their son's drugs in the house and actually kicked him out without telling Hope. This upset Hope because she felt that at least at home, their son was safe. But out of the house, he wasn't safe at all. And she didn't have any way to keep him safe or know how he was doing. 
Michael just didn't really care anymore and just wanted him out, though. A few days later, their son ended up getting a speeding ticket, and he was still on Hope's car insurance. Uh, Michael had told Hope that she needed to get him off of the insurance, and this made Hope feel that he was just basically telling her to abandon their son. And her, you know, being his mother, still felt like she had, it was her duty to try to keep him safe and protect him. So she lied to Michael and told him that she would take him off the insurance, and she never actually did. And then Michael found out about this lie on the Tuesday that Hope went missing. Oh, no. That yes. doesn't sound good. So that's what they were fighting about that day, basically. Okay. So apparently Michael told Hope it's either me or him, the son, and he gave her until that Friday to choose. Now, even though their son was having some issues in his life, it's still your son. And your husband is telling you to choose between your son that you had together, like biological son, like this is your guys' son or him. I don't know how bad his drug issues were or you know what I mean? I don't know like the extent of them. But again, it's your mothering yeah. ex- instincts yeah. would be to try to help and protect your I would son. Never choose a man, yeah. over my son, whether husband. I don't care. Right. Like never, I would never choose right. anyone over my son because, and even if my son were struggling, right, I would still be there because I would do everything I could to help him. Right. I mean, you brought this this person into the world. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you brought your son into the world yeah. to basically abandon them well and good people like i said before can have it an addiction right right so and good people bad people turn it around and there's somehow. a difference between helping someone mm-hmm. and enabling them yeah. or just abandoning well, and like them i say i shouldn't say like bad people turn around but like people that are doing bad things can sometimes go to jail and turn their lives around we talked about it right so if this guy's got a pretty good mom who wants to help right. him and everything he's got a good chance of even if he has to go to jail or rehab or yeah. whatever he's got someone there to help him right and again another thing good people make bad choices sometimes oh, and yeah, like i make them all the time. and their son mm-hmm. probably was a good person yeah. that made some bad choices like those cookies today I didn't need those right ex- bad ex- choice on my exactly part. the same situation so i thought yeah so Right. Um, so. So, right, right. Where was I? So, <laughs> right. So, Thursday. And so now it's Thursday. And Michael hadn't heard from or seen her since, since she had left. So that was Tuesday. Yep. That Tuesday in that Honda Civic. Remember, she right. got mad. And that was the key. day that they found the body? They found the body on Thursday. Thursday. Okay. So it's two days later. So he went fa- two days without. An, uh, yep. Okay. All right. Yep. So okay. it's he went two days without reporting her missing. Because he just thought maybe she was blowing off steam. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? Like she was just mad, went to a friend's house. Yeah, that's what he thought. Yep. So. Okay. That entire story is what Michael tells detectives about Hope and what happened and where she might be and why she's gone. From what Michael has said about Hope, you can tell that he is trying to show that he's the one in charge of the relationship, the alpha, you might say. Yeah. Like this is, you know, mm-hmm. like I told her this is what she had to choose. Yep. You know, I'm. You know, he's he, trying, he, yeah, like, he calls the shots in that relationship. Calls the shots. She's just around along for and the ride. She walked out. She yeah. left. So I tried to tell she her. She didn't abide by his rules. Right. Yeah. So detectives then ask Michael if Hope has any substance abuse issues. And Michael quickly responds, no, 
and glosses over the question anymore and says she's just very controlling. Huh. This isn't what the detectives were asking at all. So for him to throw that in right there was a little bit of a red that flag. weird. Yeah, something to take note of. During the next 10 minutes or so, he continues on talking about how she's so controlling, doesn't listen to people, and that she does whatever she wants and that she's uptight. Wow, he loves her. But right. No longer is he so worried, yeah. right? Not the worried husband. It's almost like he's trying to unload and talk about all of his um, wife's faults to paint her in a bad light. At one point, he does say that his wife is controlling to everyone, but that he also says, which I'm used to, it don't bother me. Mm. Mm-hmm. The detective tries to get on Michael's level by reasoning with him, by saying things like, oh, yeah, it's understandable. You guys don't see eye to eye all the time. You've been married for 25 years. Marriage is hard. You know, they're just trying to like, you know, kind of talk almost like friends would yeah, talk to sure. one another, right? Just trying to play a little good cop, if you will. To this, Michael replies, I've gotten used to it. I take medication I do have anger issues, but I take medication for it. I haven't done anything. Oh. Oh. All right. So, like, that's a lot of information he's offering up right there. He's talking about how he has anger issues, that he takes medication for it, and that he hasn't done anything. Like, where did that all come from, Michael? I watch a lot of live PD and cops and stuff. First thing out of their mouths when they've done something wrong is, I didn't do anything. Right. why did you pull me over? I didn't do anything. Right. And like he he's the one that made the call in for his wife. Yeah. He kind of they asked him to come down to talk about, you know, that his wife was missing. But like yeah. he's offering up all this information on his own. So anger issues weren't even brought up again. He's over explaining, bringing up information. No one's accusing him of anything yet. So at this point, more red flags. Right. Yeah. Then the detective brings up. Michael's son, you know, hoping Michael's son that he kicked out. Yep. When he does this, Michael replies, I want to hurt him. I hate to have to say this on record, but I want to hurt him. And that's why he had to go. Oh, my. Like, oh, hey, Michael. Like, I want to. Could you him. could you dig yourself a little bit deeper here? Like another red flag. Like yeah. you're saying you want to hurt your son. That's awful. That's awful. Then when the detectives bring up his daughter, Michael has nothing but great things to say about her. Him and his daughter get along really great. They're very close. So that's not really an issue at all. Then the detectives leave. This is where Michael is left in the room on his own for a bit. During this time, he's seen looking very uncomfortable. He's very fidgety, bouncing his leg up and down. He just can't stay still. While outside the room, the detectives decide that Michael probably had something to do with all of this. Probably. Probably, Mm -hmm. right? There's a couple of red flags. I mean, as we know, it's usually the husband or boyfriend, right? Yep. They know this too. So they need to get a search warrant for his house or car, which can take a long time. But they decide just to ask Michael if they can search the home or the car. And to their surprise, Michael says yes. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I kind of forgot about that part. Yeah. That's right. He willingly let He willingly in. just says, yeah, you can go search the home and yeah. It's funny because I had a couple cocktails at our live show. Yeah. So your, your story's actually kind of new to me again. Isn't that great? Isn't that fun? That's really fun for yeah. you, actually. Yeah. So yeah. So it's very surprising <clears throat> and he gives them he gives them written consent to go and search the house. Man. Oh, that's right. I said, what did I say? I said he's a dumb criminal. He sure is yeah. because- 
they really lucked out by him doing this because Michael knows what's there, everyone. What a dummy. Because you'll find out. End of show. End of show. Here we go. So right when they get to the park's home, they find blood on the gravel. So they don't even need to enter the house to start finding evidence. They also find blood on the outside of the garage door, in the backyard in the grass, on their patio, and on the ramp that leads up to the back patio. There is also a blue tarp with stains that appear to be consistent with blood. Police believe later that Michael used this to transport his wife's body. You know, spoiler alert, Michael Michael did this, guys. Well, I mean, if you haven't figured this out by I now. I love that. But, I mean, yes. he willingly let them in with all of this blood evidence. All just of this. everywhere. And remember, this was Tuesday that she goes missing. Yeah. This is Thursday. So he had two, two days, days to, to clean, up the, crime to clean up the crime scene. And he has not done what a dumb done shit. this. So, oh, my God. So, yeah. So we're not even inside yet, and it's not looking good. So in the grass near where the blood was found, police also find a bullet casing. In the garage, they find blood splotches on the floor and, uh, and bloody footprints. Later, Michael's excuse for the blood found, especially in the garage, was that he was working on cars. And, well, didn't you see my cool truck? I was working on the transmission and I cut my finger. Okay. Again. That's a huge injury Mm -hmm. for all that blood. And we don't clean it up for two days? Right. Okay. I guess if I would have been a cop, I'd been like, oh, that's cool. We'll just take a DNA sample real quick. Right. Check it out. Yeah. Just to make them sweat. Which I'm sure they said something like that. I'm sure, but like, you know what I mean? I'd be like, "Mm, okay, buddy. Yeah. So another thing that they did end up finding locked in the safe in their bedroom was Hope's cell phone. That's different. Because, you know, when I'm I'm mad at someone and I throw my keys and ring at them, the next thing I do is I go lock up my cell phone in a safe. Because you're, yeah. Yeah. Now this was, what year was this? 2020. So 2020. So you're... You're not going anywhere without your cell phone. Absolutely not. So that's, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. They also find a shoe that has the same tread that's consistent with the markings of the footprint in the garage. Okay. So the rest of the house seemed to look okay and pretty clean, actually. Okay? All right. Like nothing else really happened. Okay. Until they get to the basement. Well, what do they find in the basement, Molly? Oh, you know what? Nothing good ever really happens in a basement, Absolutely does it? Absolutely not. No. 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 <clears throat> so the basement was one of those basements where there's some cement, but there's also like dirt. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it's kind of finished, but not really finished. Like it's almost been finished before, but maybe like the foundation isn't quite right. It's like an old basement. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. kind of hard to... I know describe, what you're talking about, but I mean, we see that kind of we, stuff all the time. Like, I know it. Like, my grandparents had that right. kind of basement. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what kind of basement that is. Yeah. It's not a nice basement. It's not one that you would really spend time in. So, yeah. on the stairs going down, they find blood splotches. Also, in the basement, there was an odd and out of place huge pile of flex ducts. D U C T S. So, she's, she's emphasizing flex duct because duct. during the show, duct. We all thought she said, like, fleck duck. And yeah. we're all like, and I like, look at the crowd. I'm like, the hell is a fleck duck? Yeah, so like duct work. But then flex duct. 
it, that's a hard thing to say all together. It was just so funny because you just were reading as right. you normally would. Yeah. And the looks on their faces like, and mine, I'm like, okay, we are all in the same So, page. but like duct work. Yeah. So like, but sense. a huge pile of this. But originally, we all thought there was a bunch of ducks in the basement. Right. And we were like. But that would be very strange too. That would be. But so there's this huge pile of duct work. Almost like it was obviously put there on purpose. Like a huge pile of it. Very out of place for this weird, like, yeah. rundown basement. So the detectives are like, okay, why is that there? So they start taking piece by piece Just off. so everyone knows she's doing the motions doing right it. now. She's I'm doing picking it. it up and setting them down. I'm picking them up, setting them down. Once they remove them, they find Hope's severed head that was in a shallow hole in the ground and multiple shopping bags covered in dirt. Oh, my God. It's believed that it was cut off with a miter saw. He cut off her head. Yeah. Of his wife of 25 years. Yeah. Who had his name tattooed on her. Yep. Yikes. Two kids together. They were grandparents. Yep. Uh Uh-uh. The remains were positively identified through fingerprints, eventually her body, and dental records for her head. Oh. Michael's cousin Adam also came down, and he ID'd her head as well. Oh, God, can you even imagine? Like having to ID someone you know really well. Just their head. Just by their head? No, thanks. Yeah. No, thank you. That's awful. Right. Why did he cut her head off? I'm sorry well, if I already asked that, but, like, I no, forgot about this part. We'll so. never know. We never find out. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. coming back to me now. Okay, Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Once they find Hope's head, they call the detective that's still questioning Michael. And he leaves the room to take this call, right? Yeah. So now Michael is no longer seen as a victim, but now the suspect, obviously. For sure. In the murder of his wife. Hope Parks. The detective has to be careful. He wants to still try to talk to Michael a little bit. But, you know, after you get that call, it'd be really hard to, like, keep talking to him like normal. Like, yeah. I don't know how detectives do this kind I of work. I either. I'd be like, hey, so your wife's head might be in your basement. So, um, yeah. Under so, a bunch which of basically, work. yeah. So he wants to, so he continues to talk to him. He says to him, the detective says, at your house, something happened. Michael replies, not with me. Oh, my gosh. The detective says, there's no one else it could have been. Michael says, I don't know what to tell you. God, he, I said this at the live show, but I need everyone else to hear it, too. He sounds like a, a toddler. He totally does. A middle child who is not ever in trouble, has to blame it on everyone else. And yep. I'm allowed to say middle child because I am one. But literally taking me yep. back to what I'd be like, yeah, me. Zach, yeah. It, was my, it was Allison. Yeah. Um, Allison can't talk or walk or do anything. She couldn't have done it. It was definitely yep. her. She did it. Well, right. Michael says, I don't know what to tell you, and shrugs his shoulders like he could care less. The detective tells him, we found everything in your home. Michael says, what's everything? The detective says, her, the rest of her. Oh, my gosh. Michael replies with, okay, so what? The detective says, her head, we found everything. He then leans back on the couch, lets out a big sigh, and rubs his eyes with his hand. At no time does he cry, really show sympathy, other than like, almost like, that was almost like he got caught, right? Oh, yeah. Or he doesn't really show concern that they found his wife's head in the basement. 
Remember, he initially called in to report her missing because he was so worried about her. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, Next, I mean, that's yeah. just silly because he knew where she was the whole time. I know. Right. Now, next, Michael says, I don't know. I didn't do anything. Talk to my son. Oh, we're going to blame the son that he kicked out of the house. Right. Now he's trying to blame the son that he doesn't okay. like. Spoiler. It's it's not his son. Well, how could it have been? He kicked him out of the house. Well, right. And his son. And the mom was the only one wanting to help him. And so. obviously the son knows this, too. Well, yeah. If anything, the son would have done this to his father. Absolutely. So he's just trying to bla- pass the blame onto the kid that he doesn't like. The detective then says, something happened to her at your house. You were the only one at the house that night. Michael then says, I guess this is the part where I need a lawyer because you ain't listening to me. The detectives were trying to avoid him asking for a lawyer, obviously, because they want to get as much information out of him right now as they can. Yeah. But since he didn't technically ask for a lawyer, right, he didn't say, I want a lawyer, they continue with their questioning. So... The other detective in the room then says, you're the only one at the house. You're the only one who could have known what happened to your wife. How did she lose parts of her body at your house? Michael says, no clue. During this time, Michael is getting up and pacing a lot. He's very jittery, too. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Like, he literally just got caught. Yeah. The detective then says, you have a clue. There's nowhere else for us to look. There's nowhere else for us to go. There's nowhere, no one else for us to talk to about this. And this is where Michael says, all right, I want a lawyer. Okay. So this is where it ends. Well, I mean, we got plenty out of them at this point, so. Oh, yeah. So like you said, there was enough evidence to convict Michael, so he didn't get to go home that day to his murder house. Yeah. He was arrested that day and charged with suspicion of murder. A few days later, while await- waiting for his trial, he decides that he's going to talk to one of the detectives, but requested to talk to a de- talk to a detective without a lawyer present, because he's that the makes dumbest. Because that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. It just doesn't make sense. So first he asked for a lawyer, and then now he's like, I don't want a lawyer. Let's just talk more. So, yep. So s- strange, right? So then um, he decides that he's going to tell. The real story of what happened. Oh, I bet he is. So real story as you I'm doing my quotes air quotes, for, air quotes for real story. So here's his version of the real story of I'm what happened. So on Tuesday, he got home early from work around 4 p.m. and his grandkids were there visiting. But the visit was cut short because he and his wife Hope started arguing. Michael decided he needed to let off some steam, so he went into the backyard to practice shooting some groundhogs, as one does. You know, when I'm having a rough yeah. day, just back there shooting the groundhogs. Getting those groundhogs. Teaching them a lesson. Oh. Like on Groundhog Day, I was like, it'll be an early spring. Or it you better be. Happen. Or you're going to get shot, yeah. you and your cousins. Punks of Tony Phil. Yeah. You and your cousins. <laughs> you and your cousin. <laughs> yeah. So... He reports that he shot three rounds into a tree, so obviously he's not very good at getting those okay. groundhogs. Okay, so let, wait a second. I know, so I, don't, I don't know. Groundhogs hit the rounds into a tree. I know, I don't know. Maybe there were no groundhogs present that day. So he, okay. I don't know. But then he went back inside to clean his gun in the kitchen. Wait a second. You realize that him saying three rounds went into a tree is a bad thing to say? Because if there's not any guns 
shots in a tree, his I, story right then and there would be nipped in the butt. Listen, everything that he says oh, is a bad I know, thing but you to say. I mean? but, oh, like, I know. This guy just keeps doing the wrong things. Oh, I, yeah, and I'm sure that they went and checked that, too. So then he went back inside to clean his gun in the kitchen. While inside, he sat at the kitchen table, and Hope was also in the kitchen getting dinner ready. When he was cleaning his gun, there was one round left that fired and ricocheted and shot Hope in the head. Mm. So it was an accident. So it was an accident. And, you know, as you do when accidents happen, you just clean it up yourself you and, I guess, shot cut, off, off. cut off your wife's head, head and bury it in the basement. Is that like something that, I mean, and correct me, I was pretty drunk for your wedding, but is, was that in your vows? If I accidentally shoot you and kill you, I will promise to cut your head off and I will, bury you in the basement. I promise I will not. And then not. hang your body from a bridge. Right. I promise I will not call 911 yeah. ever. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So, and he said everything was a blur after that happened. The blur is the part where he chops her head off and hangs her yep, body from the bridge? that was the blur. This guy. Yeah. So, in the autopsy, it's confirmed that there was a gunshot wound to her head, so she did get shot in the head. Okay. Okay. However, it was at close range, like closer range, like four to five feet away, so it didn't really match up to what he said, like ricocheting, like from somewhere. Right. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. They also found that Hope suffered blunt force trauma to her chest. So the huh. story isn't matching up with anything they found at the house. So it sounds like there was probably some physical altercations that sure. happened. Right. Uh, this is where you can tell he begins to panic a bit. One detective leaves the room. That's when the other detective asks him and tries to almost reason with him, saying, why did you do it? Was it from a previous fight? What was your mental capacity at the time? Mike replies, nope, no argument. I was just cleaning my gun. Then the detective says, okay, the gun. Do you ever have a problem with the rifle's trigger, like going off when you didn't want it to? Almost giving him like a different angle to try. Just trying to get like him to keep talking, right? And he goes, not that I know of. I didn't even have it for that long. Maybe a week, week and a half. Stop it. Which seems super sketchy to me. Like, oh, so you just get this gun like a week before you yeah. your wife gets shot and murdered. Okay. Oh, okay. Like you buy a brand new gun. And you do, okay. and you buy a brand new gun and your version of letting off steam is going to shoot groundhogs. Right. Like I'm thinking if you if your way of letting off steam is shooting groundhogs, you grew up in the country. Right. And that's what you guys right. did. Like you're out shooting, like you go out shooting yeah. like stuff. Right. Yeah. So tell me that you weren't planning this without telling me you weren't planning right. this. Okay. The other detective detective comes back into the room and straight up tells Michael that his story can't be true. He's like, yeah, you're not telling the truth. Yeah. When they were investigating the crime scene, the kitchen didn't sh- turn up any blood evidence. And there were also no, like, Casey. Like, they found nothing yeah. there. Like, you know, doing the light. Like, there's nothing. Like, there, so there's no way she was shot in the there kitchen. There was no way that she was shot in the While kitchen. While she was making dinner. Got it. While okay. she was making dinner. So they continue talking to him for, like, about four hours. So the conclusion that they came to was that this was possibly reckless homicide, which, right, just don't worry. Okay. This means that he did kill Hope, but he didn't have the intention to kill her. But but don't worry. You no, know, I okay. just, I, I know. think it's funny. You, you're, she's trying to keep me from getting mad. I know. So she's over here, like, pushing her arm I, at me. I'm, like, like, trying to, like, calm yeah. her down. But while waiting for trial, more evidence would be found that would go against him, including that pesky search history on your computer. Some things that Michael was searching for, D 
do bottle silencers really work? How to make bottle silencers? And do pillows really silence gunshots? Interesting. Why would you need to know that for groundhog right. shooting? Right. You don't want because you want to be real quiet for those groundhogs. Don't want them to know. So, and these things were all searched two days before Hope was murdered. That would be what I call premeditation. Uh-uh. Exactly. So, because of this, his charge was upgraded to first degree murder. Good. So, in the great state of Indiana, if convicted, it came with a minimum sentence of 45 years and the max of 65 years. That is the most fucked up I know. shit. I know. It sure Indiana. is. Indiana. But don't worry, as well as a $10,000 fine. How? Okay. And I know you don't know this, but I'm just nope, going to put this out there not. for anyone from Indiana that wants to chime in. You mean to tell me that the, the max sentence of you killing someone and brutally murdering, like brutalizing their body. Yep. Is 65 years. Yep. So. Well, with an additional five to 10 years for using a firearm. Oh, well, I don't give a shit. I know. I know. know. The point is, is like, I mean, we've got people that, you know, like are going to jail, you know, kill a kill a child and they never see the light of day again. And you tell me that if somebody did that, they would only get 65 years. Like you could be 18 years old and kill a five year old and you'd get out. Yeah. And get to live your life. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What the fuck, Indiana? I don't know. No wonder. No, I'm not going to say it. Nope. Don't. Okay. Michael did have the nerve to ask his family to help him pay for his legal fees, which his family was like, ah, no. No, we're not going to do that. Are you serious? Yep. So they did not help him. Well, good. Michael's cousin Roy did go to visit him when he was in prison waiting for his trial. He was kind of curious just to kind of see what he was like. Michael yeah. hadn't had any visitors beside his lawyer while okay. he was waiting for his trial for two years. probably hated him. Exactly. And he, because Michael wouldn't admit to what he had done either. Oh, yeah. because And I mean, everyone knew that he did it. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious. I mean, how obviously I mean, he yeah. did it. And his family was like, admit it. Like, just admit it. Own yeah. up to it. Like, yeah. Like, literally. Like, just own up to it. And like, he wouldn't. So... Um, Roy went there and basically he was just how he remembered him. He acted kind of calm, quiet, and basically like still he hadn't done anything wrong and that it was an accident. Oh my gosh. He sat with him for a few hours and one thing Michael did was to ask Roy to make sure that his kids were okay. So yeah, take that as you will. On May 9th, 2022, was it was going to be his trial date. But then on May 6th, at the last second, he changed his not guilty plea to guilty and accepted a plea deal. Oh, so now he did it? Yep, he did it. Since he did plea guilty, there was no trial held. This meant he never got on the stand and told the true story, air quotes, so wait a second. of what happened that day. So they don't, I guess again, Indiana... They can plead guilty, but they aren't forced to tell what the truth about what happened. They didn't. There was That's never a trial. Awful. Yep. So he basically said he did it without ever explaining it all. So on May 9th, he was found guilty. I mean, he didn't have to go on stand, the I stand. Understand, and like, I think that yeah. that is, like, explain yourself. Like, why right. did you do what you did? He was found guilty for the first degree murder of Hope Parks and was sentenced to 50 years in prison with no possibility of parole. Sentenced prison. Okay. So, so you can shoot someone and cut off their head in Indiana and get 50 years in prison. He can be released in the year 2070 and he'll be 94 years old. So it could happen Listen, if he lives guys, that long. If you are if you have the urge to kill someone, do it in Indiana apparently because apparently their government 
does not give two shits. Yeah. So Michael really hasn't spoken about the crime. Um, one press outlet tried and he had demands first before he would talk to them. And they were $300 into its commissary, a fan, and a 36-inch TV shipped to the prison facility. No. So. Tell me they didn't. I I did not see that they did okay. this. So I don't think that they probably allowed that to happen is my guess. No. So he hasn't admitted or at least told the real story about what happened and what he did to Hope that night or why. And we, he probably never will because it yeah. was an accident in his mind. He just pled guilty to take the plea deal. Right. Well, you know. What a, like, his father is a piece of shit for raising such a piece yeah. of shit. I, I mean, I think his father really messed him up. I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not saying that that's. It's not an excuse. Because but there was, all, in what I listened to, um, Michael has a sister that actually ended up being a nurse. Okay. And she's totally normal. Yeah. So she lived in that household, too. So it's not always. No, but I mean, how, but, you, how right. you take things, I guess. But yes. But what a terrible human being. Right. So he did admit that he did it in a sense that he pled guilty. But I still don't think he's taken ownership, obviously, for his crime. And he still says it was an accident. No. So here's my thing about this. If it were truly an accident, Michael, and I hope you're fucking listening. Yeah. I'm sure he is. You don't cut someone. You don't cut your wife of right. 25 years head I off don't. after you accidentally shoot her, and then you take her decapitated body and hang it from a goddamn bridge. And so he was taking it to the bridge. Obviously, the bridge it was over water. Yeah, he was trying to dump the body into water, but it got he couldn't get it over the bridge. It got stuck. According to like one thing I listened okay. to, I didn't really like. I didn't say that in the live show because Still. I didn't like. But he like couldn't do it. So that's why it was stuck there and that's hanging. that's fine. But like it's still fucked up. So he up. was trying to get rid of the body and the head. But then yeah. why hang on to the head? I don't know. Like he's obviously I think the dumbest criminal I think he was. thought I, he was dumb because I think he thought without the head it would take longer to ID it. But obviously fingerprints. He's so stupid. Right? But like you know what I mean? I think that that's why. But the thing is if it was an accident, you wouldn't give a shit about fingerprints or any of this. Right. You know what? He probably if he would have actually made it look like an accident, he probably would have gotten away with it. Yeah. Because shit happens sometimes. Right. But that you cut off her head and tried to throw her over a bridge. Yeah. Like you're dumb. Right. And I mean, and they had been fighting about their son. They were disagreeing about that. He didn't want his son around. Yeah, I'm sure so she probably said, fine, motive. fuck you. I want to be with my son. Right. And you know? he didn't like and that. Didn't and like remember, that. his dad told him, you don't get a divorce. And he's like, yeah. well, I can't divorce well, her. I'm going to kill her. The thing is, though, is like, for what it's worth, I don't know anybody that would want to be with him. Right. I, the fact that she stayed with him for 25 years is a miracle. Yep. Because this guy sounds like a pile of shit. Obviously is a pile of shit. But like, you were lucky she stayed with you for 25 fucking years, yeah. man. And from whatever I, I could tell, like, she seemed like a very sweet lady. She yeah. just, just seemed kind of like, you know, like your typical, like, just kind of lived like, <coughs> I mean, I don't want to say like a average life, but like a nice yeah. average life. Loved like, her grandkids. Loved, loved her, her grandkids. Yeah. Like, loved her kids. But. Like, she was a family woman. And yeah. like, that's great. Like, that is good. Like, there's nothing wrong with what that. That's shit. Yeah. You know, if so, you're so fucking unhappy with your life, kill yourself, buddy. Like, yep. you don't fucking 
Right. Oh. So rot in prison, Michael. I hope yeah. that you don't yeah. live to be 94. Yeah. And Oh, my God. Yeah. Or he lives to be like 94, and then the day that they want to release him, he dies. Yeah, like, he has a heart attack like he, walking no, out the door. Explosive diarrhea, and it like blows up in his stomach, and his intestines just kind of like start to like deteriorate, and he just yeah. bleeds out through his anus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, that was graphic. I'm sorry. That's okay. So the house wasn't a very, like, it was a small home. Um, it was at. 1011 South Elm Street in Crawfordsville, Indiana. It was a two-bed, one-bath, a little under 1,000-square-foot home. Okay, so, yeah. So the last time it was sold, actually, was in 2006 for $62,000, um, and it's estimated to be about $130,000 right now, and it's off the market. Ooh. So, okay. I mean, it's there wasn't a lot of information about it just because there isn't a lot of history, like sales history and stuff on it. So um, it's just a smaller home, detached garage. Yeah. There's like a little like building in the back. Um, if you look it up, it's just smaller home. Okay. Yeah. There's not really much to say about it. But right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. That was a shitty story, Molly. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So that is um, the murder of Hope Parks. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, well, thank you uh, for listening to that. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, name the movie. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so uh, check out our website, homeiswherethemurderis.com. Join our Facebook page, Home Is Where the Murder Is. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, then do all those things. Please do sign up for our cruise. You're gonna love it. We um, have we have t-shirts now. Oh, we have t-shirts. We're gonna post a photo. Um, Hinzi Homemade made us t-shirts. You can order them on their website, www.hinzyhomemade.com. They also have our koozies on there as well for mm-hmm. sale. We'll be getting more swag as well as we go along. But, yeah, and then we're probably going to do another live show this summer in Madison. So we'll keep you posted on that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're just cruising right along. So thank you again to everybody that came up to the show and uh, for supporting us. And we really hope to, uh, to see you at uh, our next one. I was just about ready to say goodbye January. Oh, my God. It's February. It's February. We're just cruising right through <gasps> My this. brain. It's something. You know what? These months just mush together they at this do. point. They do. And then when summer comes, it's just going to be a blur. I know. This so, is a slowdown period. And it's not slow right now. I know. It's just kind of crazy. So, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And we will check you on the flippity flip. See you on the flippity flop. See ya later. Alligator. Bye.